Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks as ever to Rehoy and Son um, for their support of the show. We've got a Marathi win to talk about, um, a, a rare Marathi win. We enjoyed the under-18s last season. We've, uh, well, we've got two in a year now. The under-21s did it at Footslane on Sunday. A 2-1 win uh, over Jersey to regain the Ambassador Bowl. Reaction to that coming up. We'll also be speaking to Guernsey's captain on the day, Seb Vance, about um, the under-21 Marathi um, and what's going on in his football life more generally. Um, and we'll uh, bring you reaction to everything else that's been happening in the last seven days. Um, my name is Tony Kerr and with me, up to do all that is Gareth Aprevo. Hi, Tony. And James Fowler. Hi, Tony. Not bad amount of football news to say that it's been chucking it down with rain for a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were all at Footslane um, yesterday to see Guernsey um, win the Ambassador Bowl. Well, so me and Jim were in the grandson. Gareth, you were over on the hockey balcony. <laughs> I, I was trying to watch two things at once, but I managed to see the first half. Honestly, <laughs> the measures that people go to to avoid paying is ridiculous. <laughs> Three quid. Um, I was one of the first on the balcony. It was amazing how many people joined uh, as the game progressed, to be fair. Well, obviously, saw if the Guernsey Press sports editors doing it, then... Uh... Well, I was going there for the hockey. They didn't stay on to watch the hockey. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty entertaining game, given the conditions. Um, it was very wet at Foots Lane, um, but there were quite a few goal mouth incidents. Um, two red cards in the end for Jersey, a 2-1 win um, for Guernsey in the end. Uh, Jim, just give us your initial thoughts on what you saw yesterday. Uh, I think well, it was another kind of thriller, but in a very different way to the under 18s game of earlier this year, wasn't it? Kind of odd game. I mean, I, I heard a um, uh, preview interview with Tony Vance the day before the game, where he couldn't bring himself to have show any uh, glimmer of hope, really, apart from say, "Well, it's a Marathi." I think he was trying to uh, accept that, that we were going to get beat. Um, and you know, I guess we yeah, we, we come into these games now with a little bit of underdog status given you know where Jersey think their young players are having said that they've lost quite a few now to uh, UK and, and professional football but then so have we so I mean there's yeah we'd have had three guys in the team um, uh, yesterday one of them was worth 25 million pound you know so you know you can't say that it's just all one-sided yeah it was a game that was um, uh, went in fits and starts I thought we started nervously uh, then came into the game scored a goal uh then Jersey had a player sent off and you're thinking, well, you know, blimey, we're 1-0 up against 10. And then we absolutely lost the plot for 30 minutes. And in the end, the football was desperate. Yeah, the whole buzz around the Garin stand was, are we the ones playing with 10? You know, because it really did feel like that. I mean, they were just besieged. Uh, and then suddenly we scored a great goal uh, and, you know, saw the game out and um, and, and fair deuce, you know, so... Uh, you know, Jordy Kelly certainly knows how to put on entertaining uh, Marathis in, in his coaching role. Yeah, no short of action. Let's see what he had to say at full time. Two from two for Jordy. Jordan Kelly, a Marathi winner again. What is your secret? I don't know. It's just something seems to be working, doesn't it? Whatever we're doing seems to be working. Um, but it's, do you know what I mean? We put a group together, but ultimately it's the lads that have to go and do the, the running around the kilometres on the pitch in the battle. We just stand there, smile, wave and support, right? <laughs> Uh, how do you assess the game? It was a battle, wasn't it? Absolute battle. Conditions played a massive part. Each player had individual moments of brilliance. We rode, we rode a few storms, didn't we? But hey, the lads, the crowd, the subs, everyone played their part to get individual moments and thankfully it worked. You went 1-0 up and they're down to 10 men. Then you had a kind of really bad 20 minutes. I mean, where did you think, and of course they scored in that time, where did you think that was going to end up? I'm going to be honest, I was very concerned. So we, we go in 1-0, they've just gone down to 10, half-time message, control the game, 
we use the extra player and then I'll give Jersey credit, they changed their shape, which almost, they almost performed better with 10. So we then had to make a little change to get a little bit of control again. And the players dug in, rode the storm when the torrential rain, the wind. It's like a day for rugby, wasn't it? A lot of the, or most of this group are still here next year. Do you, you know, I mean, I ask you to make a big prediction, but do you feel that uh, you, you, know, you could start another um, run of 21's victories? Yeah, so when you lose two players from today's group, um, so I hope so. Like, do you know what I mean? It's much better to, to win than to lose, right? First, I need to still keep the job. Um, but yeah, I hope so. I'm hope, hopefully the way we're changing things down low with the academy, so hopefully we can create a winning philosophy again. And yeah, like if we can keep the same group, building some younger players in as well, that'd be, hopefully we can start to build on this now. Jordan Kelly speak to you there, Jim, at full time. Um, let's talk about some of the incidents. Let's talk about the goals first. <laughs> Actually, uh, the first goal for Guernsey was given to Jack Griffin. It looks like on the footage that Owen Woolbridge actually gets the uh, gets the key touch, the decisive touch. So I think I'm going to give it to him. Um, the well, second goal... I mean, what, were you going to reprint the paper and all that? I feel for him, but uh, once the decision has been made <laughs> by the dubious goals panel, I'm afraid it's kind of done, isn't it? Correction, please. Um, and the second goal, actually, Keane's, um, well, delightfully lofted um, sort of chip over the keeper, the on-rushing keeper, uh, was actually possibly going wide before it got a deflection off the glove. It, I it didn't realise it even got a deflection. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah gets a little, uh, get, um, Roach in the jersey goal um, gets a little glove to it. And I, I mean, it, it's hard to say where it would have gone without that touch, but it certainly steers it back towards goal. It certainly didn't have much momentum to cross the line, but I thought it was, a, it was an excellent finish. I mean, it, it kind of looked inevitable from the moment that it got played into that space. I remember this comes from a kind of miss kick of a free kick that's flicked up in the air flicked on and then suddenly Keane's onto it uh, and I thought that the finish was uh, was was lovely I didn't realise that the keeper had got it so. yeah oh, he took it very nicely um, and what about the red card because uh, yeah Jersey played most of the game with 10 men the first booking um, was for well maybe a, a little bit of a cynical kind of nudge with the shoulder um, quite early in the second half and then obviously the, the follow-up which was probably Slightly more than a yellow card in a way. I know there's a lot of yellows in, in this game. I thought Derek Gilman, uh, as the referee, yeah, ran the game pretty well. Um, but I guess, you know, if you're going to push cards out early for that kind of challenge that Barry beats and got his first yellow four, then, you know, you are running the risk of saying we're not going to finish with, with 22 players, given the, the vibe of, of a Marathi. I thought, yeah, the first one was, was, was soft. The second one, I feel a little bit for the lad because... His eyes are on the ball, um, you know. He is, but he's taking a kind of wild swing at the ball. Jack Griffin just gets in there in front of him. He nicks the ball away. He gets clattered. You know, it is an obvious yellow. My first thought was possibly that he wasn't going to walk because, you know, it's kind of, it's an accidental foul. Yeah, you know, isn't steamed in and taken somebody. It was almost like he didn't know that the Guernsey player was going to be there. But once he's got him, then it is a yellow card and uh, and he had to go. Um, I did feel a little bit for the lad having to walk all the way across the pitch and down the tunnel with no support from anybody else <laughs> from the Jersey bench. But I guess that has happened before in in uh, in the, both grounds. But when you're walking away from your dugout, it's always a wee bit unfortunate to have to run the gauntlet of the crowd to go down the tunnel yourself. Yeah, he did, um, yeah, to get a few boos on his way uh, uh, into the grandstand. Um, yeah, the second half really couldn't have started much worse, could it, for Guernsey, having yeah, got in a goal to the good um, and uh, a man to the good. It looked like it might unravel quite quickly. That the amazing thing, Jersey played the same move twice in, in the space of two minutes. The first one, 
uh, Ray dos Santos was played through and he shot hopelessly wide from a you know, superb position. And then the flag went off anyway. And it was like, well, that spared his blushes, if not ours. Two minutes later, exactly the same move. And this time he finished it off, you know. And you're thinking, oh, how has it come to this? But then, you know, for the next 20 minutes, we've played terrible football. I mean, it was really anti-football stuff, you know, just if we could have ever punted up, you know, maybe we might win a throw-in or something. I mean, I've seen us play football like that too many times in the past decade at, at various levels, you know, and you kind of think, I don't understand why our poverty of, of, of ambition, it can be so can be so poor like that. You know, we, we didn't really play football through the midfield at all yesterday, but, you know, you've got quick guys up front, so I guess you're trying to, to utilise them. But then, you know, it all as soon as the goal went in, we had that to make it two one. We had that lift, and I thought, you know, there were a couple of hairy moments. I thought we um, uh, played out the game um, pretty well. I've got to say, I really felt for Archie Drillo. In my view, if ever there was a nailed-on man of the match, uh, it was him. If you look back at the highlights reel that you've put out, Tony, you know the goal line clearances and and last ditch blocks and all that kind of thing. You know, not only that. I mean, he had to cope with the uh, jerseys, Daryl Mavalo up front, who's you know a real a uh, handful as well at this level. And I thought, uh, and yeah, Ben Solway alongside him played well, but I thought Drillo was a, an obvious man of the match, taking nothing away from, from Keen Domal, who did also um, put a, a excellent shift in. I mean, right at the end, he was uh, making last-ditch tackles in the you know, edge of his own, well, well inside his own penalty area and you know, very much enjoying the moment, I think, in, in doing so. He got a talking to from the referee. Yeah, it was a good intervention from Jack Griffin early on as well, wasn't there? Sort of under his own bar. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, Jersey had a very clear tactic. I guess they'd seen a slightly jittery performance from Molly Harrison in the 18s earlier this year. And every corner was hanging right underneath the crossbar and they were piling in on him. And to be fair, you know, he wasn't always getting all of it. I mean, you'd have to be some keeper to catch those, but he was getting enough just to, you know, flick it out of the way. But that one, I think, was the first or second corner that we conceded. Um, flicked it away, but it went straight back in. I mean, his goal was, and yeah, your centre forward's on the goal line, uh, hacking it off. So, um, fair play. No, it was a really good battling, resilient performance, I thought, from Guernsey on the day. I mean, you know... We'll hear from Seb Vance in a moment. Um, but yeah, that much of that group has, has got a year or two to go in this age group as well. There's only, was it one or two of the players um, in the squad who who will move out of that group next? I mean, I suppose in the same way that off the back of the Marathi defeats in recent times, we sort of asked the question, you know, what's going wrong? You know, when you get a win like that, are you taking a lot of encouragement from that fact? And and actually looking at the ages of the players, that, that there could be a little run coming up in, um, in under-21 football? I think, you know, I'm tempted to, to quote Tony Van and say, well, in a Marathi, anything can happen kind of thing. Because to an extent, you know, last or in the 18s, we absolutely, uh, you know, got out of jail. Uh, today, we, you know, yesterday we played better. Um, but yeah, are we, do we have a, a real sustainable long-term plan for, for, for those lads? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I think... You know, Jersey um, have made strides to develop their under-21s. For me, that's the area that you're kind of looking at. The older lads at 21, I mean, it's kind of worrying that there's only two lads in the in the final year of that team in an 18-man squad. Because you're thinking, well, what, five years ago, they'd have played their own Marathi. Where's all these lads gone? Uh, because that is, you know, that is a worry for, for Guernsey football. And, and frankly... 
I think if players get to 21, I expect that they are probably players unless, you know, family circumstances or whatever start to take them away from the game. Players between 18 and 21, so uh, ripe for, for, for giving up. Uh, and, and, you know, so I would like to see much greater effort made to, to keeping uh, players at, like, at that, that age in, in the game, whatever that involves, whether it's, uh, you know, trying to do some kind of... Um, GFC under 21s reserves etc but you've got to have some kind of challenge for for those players there's clearly a lot of ability in those groups but how do you keep sustainably testing them and encouraging them to carry on playing football even they might not make another representative appearance but you know you need them to be playing otherwise our top top flight of our game is either going to be full of teenagers or you know, it's, it's, it's the standards are going to drop again. We're in one of those days when everything goes right. Maybe we just sort of put a smile on it and, and, and move on to the next one rather than have a, uh, a massive post-mortem. Uh, though I will have a couple of uh, post-mortem <laughs> <laughs> uh, moments, if I may. Uh, number one, oh, you know, I understand why the game had to be played at the Garen stand, but oh, please no. Um, you, know, you know, the track... Uh, for the under 18s absolutely buzzing you know loads of uh, um, um, uh, noise from the crowd you know there were periods of, of the game yesterday where it's like it, it's been played in a library I don't know how the players felt about it but there was virtually nothing from the crowd at all and I don't know what it is about that environment that creates that but you know it certainly did um, my other issue uh, and this this can apply equally to both uh, sides but I thought Jersey seriously let themselves down uh, at the end of the match not only did they have a player sent off for uh, words to the referee at full time but another player stormed off the pitch uh, down the tunnel as well before the presentation and in the end at the you know when the cup was being handed over there was only seven Jersey lads standing there in their kit now maybe some people have put coats on or something but that looks to me oh, okay you know, two of them had to go, right? Um, so they weren't going to be there. But whatever happens in the Marathi, and let's face it, Guernsey have had a lot of practice at this. If you're going to lose, you've got to lose with a bit of grace. Uh, and that involves when you're called for the presentation ceremony, standing there, applauding a little bit when somebody goes and get the trophy and staying there till the till the bitter end and then and then you walk off. You know, and both sides, uh, both. I understand Marathi's mean a lot to the players, but, it, you know, I think the coaches really, it's incumbent on them to put a bit of discipline at the end of a game to ensure that you don't look like bad losers because I'm afraid I didn't, uh, didn't really rate Jersey's behaviour at that point. We expect an opinion piece in the press on that. A letter to the JP. <laughs> um, right, let's leave uh, leave it there for part one. Um, coming up next, we'll hear from Seb Vance. Welcome back. Um, yeah, fantastic win for Guernsey's under-21s yesterday. Um, yeah, congratulations to all of the players and coaches who played their part in that, not least um, Seb Vance, who uh, skippered the side um, very well on the day um, and had the uh, honour of lifting the trophy at the end of it, Jim. Yeah, I w well-deserved, uh, but and particularly for Seb, who, in my view, uh, this season is really coming to the fore as a player you know he's it can't be easy when when your dad is is basically you know the uh, the you know, supremo of, of Guernsey football you know or your fingers in in so many pies uh, when you're trying to make your own way as a player but this year and it's not just me who's seen it other people have mentioned this to me as well that one you know he is 
really really seems to have come out of himself as as a player and he's justifying all the call ups that he's got you know he's a great uh, great lad i think he's a good ambassador for um uh, for the for the game as well and i hope he carries on going from strength to strength yeah, it's good to see him doing well. And um, yeah, certainly uh, a, a moment, a celebration to savor yesterday, one that he and his um, age group have waited a little while for, it's fair to say. And he joined us uh, here at the Guernsey Press um, to look back on it. Seb, welcome uh, to the pod. Thanks for coming in the day after a fantastic win. How are you feeling? Oh, awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah, um, like I said yesterday, it's probably the proudest moment in the Guernsey shirt building up to it um for all of us it's you know it's been a long time in the making um it's our first Murray win for a lot of us obviously the 18s with Geordie lost uh, well this year um last season um they managed to get that get that win but you know it's something special for all of us regardless of that and it's, a, it's a good start to the season especially Murray season as well um starting off with a win you know hopefully it sets a precedent for the rest of them rise to come. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, as you say, for your age group, um, obviously you had some disappointing results. Obviously the pandemic as well meant there was a couple of years without games. So yeah, I mean, ju- just talk us through what the uh, what the emotion was like amongst you guys. You know, particularly some, you know, you like Keen as well. He got the got the winning goal. Someone who's uh, been been looking for that ratty win. I mean, yeah, uh, f- for sure, something like that. He almost lost for words because we, we never we've never felt that before. Every Murray we've gone into. You know, we've always we've always battled. I don't think we've ever really been truly out of a game. And it just feels like same again, same again, we're gonna lose. And then yeah, getting that, like you're saying, uh, for Keen as well. That's his first win. For my first win, um, Drillo, Solly, a lot of us. We played several Marathis. So yeah, I mean, that feeling is this unmatched. We've asked you how it feels to win. What is it? You've lost so many. What does it feel like to lose and see Jersey cavorting on the pitch, etc.? You know, like you were doing yesterday. It hurts because you know everything you building up to it throughout the season. We've we've got quite a strong age group, I'd say. You know, we've had um we've had very good teams, and I'd say we've underachieved. You know, in the Stranger Cup, um, our age group were really strong and comfortably beat every Prio side we played. But then when it comes to the Marathis, yeah, we've we haven't been able to get that result and we've, you know, like I said, it's been close games in all all of them. Um even getting a draw at under elevens. I mean, that shouldn't happen in Marathi, but um yeah, watch watching them lift the trophy, you know, we've always we've always said to ourselves we don't want to be bad losers. You know, we always pick ourselves back up again, you know. Uh because we knew well, eventually it was gonna come. Um, and that was down to hard work and effort we put together. And how do you go into Marathis, into age group Marathis, you know, being, like you say, you know, feeling it's a pretty strong age group. Do you feel that you go into Marathi games as a 50-50 or that we are always slight underdogs? There's all, they, you know, there's always that, um, that we're underdogs. Jersey have got, you know, a bigger population. They've got a bigger pool to choose from. But no, we, you know, we're confident in ourselves and, we go into every Marathi thinking, you know, we've got a good chance to win this. Um, I don't think you can ever go into Marathi with your head down almost already before the ball's even been kicked. So you have to have that um, regardless of, you know, how strong your team is, whatever the occasion, you have to go in saying we're going to win this because you have to almost bring it into reality. Yeah. Did you feel well prepared for this game? It was a, diff- a difficult one, wasn't it, with it being in November? I think it's the first time since 2013, I believe. Uh, before that, I think it's my end of the 90s. Is it? Mm. Okay, yeah. Um, so that long. So, you know, we haven't had that. It w- a lot of us didn't know that it was originally in November. 
and then yeah when we found out that it was going to happen and then there was an application that went out um it was on a lot of our minds you know who's going to take us when we're going to start training but a lot of us like there was a few of us who've been playing gfc so we've been playing together but we've all you know we're, we're a proper team proper squad um we all know each other inside out we're, we're all good mates as well so i think that that's never been an issue playing together that's one thing we had the malaya cup and that was a really good experience which is lucky enough that geordie was doing that as well so that helped us settle in as some of the 21s and 20s as i suppose you could say um because we hadn't been with geordie before whereas the 18s had but yeah it all blended really well together and then we had a couple training games and yeah i mean what we had you know we missed a session or two because the storm (laughs) um but jersey the same yeah you know um i've heard supposedly that their their camp wasn't wasn't as prepared as it typically is so you know we're both going in the same same uh, training experiences the build up and whatnot um but yeah we're the ones who did it uh, Jordi Kelly seems to have a bit of a, a knack in uh, as, as a Marathi coach. Let's just say that was your, I mean, obviously you've, you are linked with him through GFC, but that was your first time kind of uh, being directly under his tutelage, I guess. What did you make of uh, of the coach? Yeah, well, um, yeah, like you said, you know, I've, I've known Jordi for, for a few years now with GFC, coaching the GFA and the academy as well. So I, I know Jordi well. He's looking to, he, I think he said yesterday, you know, build something, you get back that winning mentality. You know, he is he, exciting as a coach, bit of a you know breath of fresh air. I like some of the philosophies he has. He's very he's strict to the point. That is, you know, if he says something, that's what it what it's going to be. He's very he's open and honest with players as well. It'll be exciting to see what he do. I think he's involved in the 16s and 18s as well. So hopefully you can pick up two more wins. More wins, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, two out of two so far. And uh, yeah, just in terms of you know, that Marathi experience you had, as you said, um, w- with the that tight knit age group, I guess with this twenty ones game and coming sooner than perhaps you you thought, and this one being in November, um, had you put a bit of extra pressure on yourselves because your sort of time was running out to to secure that win as an age group? Yeah, it it sort of did. It does feel like that, doesn't it? Um, we're fortunate enough to have another opportunity next year. But for those who, you know, haven't, you know, it can just pass by like that, hey? Especially with COVID, uh, missing out on some Marathis there. It feels like your the opportunities are falling fast, especially when you're not winning any. It feels like you're not making the most of it. But no, we're, we're always going in comfortably, looking to do what we can to win and gone and done it, eh? Yeah. Um, we don't really look back now once, yeah, exactly. once we've done it. So. Exactly, just enjoy it. And, and yeah. you know, obviously it has been a tough couple of years for, for Guernsey and in Marathi's. So much chat around it, a lot of chat on this podcast as well. You know, people asking kind of, you know, what, what where have, has it been going wrong? What could be put right? Has that affected you guys as, as young players who have been going into these games or, or, or do you sort of take their notice of it? You know, you do hear it, but as players, you've just got to go out and do your best to win the game. Um you hear that um that yeah we haven't we haven't won those marathis i suppose there is that almost that extra drive you get to want to prove people wrong but i think it's also there is some credit there to jersey when they started the bulls they had their 21s their 18s um, and that's really developed their younger players um and i think we saw that kind of success around 2011 12 13 when we had gfc for the first time and we went on a, a little flurry of games um so, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll go in circles, but hopefully this is the start again of that, you know, that winning mentality, like we're saying, and 
picking up some results from Rassies. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you mentioned GFC there. Obviously, you've been involved um, this season heavily so far. One of one of five in that squad yesterday. Um, you've been, uh, yeah, kind of featuring heavily for GFC. What has that done for your confidence as a as a player and a, as a person as well in the last few months? Yeah, yeah, all exactly in footballing terms. Um, it brings a lot of confidence playing against different opponents every week, not knowing what they're going to be about. Obviously, we can do a bit of research on those teams, but when you play in the Prio, per se, or even against Jersey now, played against those players several times, but playing in the Prio, played against those players, I know what they're about. With GFC, you don't you don't have that really. You know, the teams within themselves, they swap players, they bring players from higher divisions on loan. So it's always a new challenge every single game. That's something that you need in football. It has to be has to be different, it has to be a challenge. And that that's why, you know, I wanted to try to push myself and make that make that next step in uh, football in Guernsey. Yeah, and I'm really, really glad I've been able to do that this season. Uh, more people than just me have, have thought that you know, this is turning into a real breakthrough season for you. Do you feel like that? Obviously, you're putting yourself at an elevated level, but also, do you feel you're playing better than you ever have? Yeah, I think um, I was thinking this to myself not long ago, and I, I think I've always had, I've had a bit of a, a gradual, but you know, slow rise. You could say it is breakthrough, I suppose, because I have been playing, um, making starts, which is brilliant. But it took it took all of last season to do that. I I was training pretty much once a week last season while training with Sylvans so I could play pro football. And I was fortunate enough at the end of the season to get that that one appearance with GFC. So as much as it is a breakthrough in terms of being able to play, but it, it's also taken taken time to get there and putting in the effort. One with the Island Games as well. I think that was a massive massive help for me. Training twice a week with you know, arguably the best twenty twenty four players in the islands. Uh, that was that was certainly a big um, step up, and that helped in terms of fitness, but also you know playing, getting on the ball, playing against the best players. I think that was that was probably one of the key elements to me being able to progress this season. What about your own personal game? Because you know you're playing as a holding midfielder nowadays, and you have for quite a bit of your career, but you've also played in other places. You've always been a bit versatile, which I guess is a strength, but also a weakness because you drop in here, then everywhere. And then when people are available, you drop out, you know, is, is, if you felt a bit like that through your, through your career, certainly progressing into senior football. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think like you say, it, it can be a burden, but it's also a blessing. Yeah, say I am on the bench and the manager turns around and he sees someone that could play in several positions. They might look to them. So it means you probably get more opportunities then you wouldn't uh, say you were in one fixed position. So yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I played at the back um, as a centre back for a lot of my, a lot of my like youth at Rangers at Sylvans played there at Prio as well, but I also played centre mid quite frequently. And I think it's been in the last two years or so that I've really, you know, sort of become that centre mid using my my energy. The distances that I can put in to that, um, good use almost uh, feels like it's almost a waste if I play that at the back. Although I do enjoy that because you're on the ball more, and you get to make those um, decisions for your team, you get to see the game, and that's something that I like. But I think physical capabilities, um, like I said, my distances, I think it's more than worth it in that almost box to box or that holding role because then I'm able to offer a little bit more for the team in that position. Uh, the the big question: What's it like trying to break through in, in football when you are the son of Mister Guernsey Football? Because I mean, you know, to an extent, it's a blessing, but arguably, it must be even more of a handicap, surely. 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's a difficult one. I said this in the uh, program uh, not long ago. Jacob would have had similar experiences, I'm sure. It does feel like that, always son of Tony. And you feel like that. that's probably people are saying that. That's the only reason he's going to be in the squad um, and all that sort of thing. So I took that and it did play on my mind when I was younger, when I was first training with GFC. I almost, I felt like, oh, do I deserve to be here? But at the same time, I'm, I'm not being asked. I'm turning up. You know, no one gets asked to go along to that those sessions. It's you got to put yourself out there. So yeah, I was, I was doing that, but I wanted to prove myself in a way as well. So I took the Prio as a as a way of doing that. And I think I think I was able to achieve that. And then I got the opportunity of the Island Games, um, Marathi training squad. And that's where I suppose I've showed that I'm able to do it and made that step up. And I think um, I wouldn't say comfortably there because, you know, anyone could come in and take take a spot in my uh, take my spot in the squad. But I've given myself a bit of a base now. And I think I've almost proven that I do deserve to be there. Who gets a harder time or who has got the harder time at training you or Jacob from, from you? Um, dad or fell yeah my, uh, my dad's a lot quieter than <laughs> so uh, I think it would be Jacob but no um, I do get a little bit of stick um, he likes to take the mick out of me um, when he can <laughs> but likewise do the other coaches but I think I think Jacob's he's had to endure it for <laughs> a few more years is it a relief for you now you can drive yourself home rather than have to go home with your dad <laughs> oh yeah that's something if I want to get home quickly I'll, I'll go <laughs> But no, yeah, um, no, it's 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 nice and having him there as well. Um, but when I'm playing football and when we're in that environment, put that aside. He's he's the coach, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, off the pitch, then it's that I've got that relationship, which is, which is also good to have in football. Uh, what's next for you? There was talk that you were going to go and uh, and study in the US. Is that still a, a prospect for you, or you are now going to stay and just pick up more Marathi medals? <laughs> well hopefully more Marathi medals yeah but um no I'm I'm still looking to go out to the states it, it's something that I've looked looked at doing since I uh, probably was about 16 years old um I saw I saw Jacob do it I saw Seb Smead do it I've since heard Ross doing it as well um and uh, Callum Chapman Page who's over there now so I've heard of their stories and it really interested me um I looked at going to university in the UK but it didn't it didn't excite me as much as um, the US. I thought a lot of people have done that in the UK. I want to try something a bit different. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's always been on the cards. And I was meant to go this year, uh, funnily enough, but I had problems with the, my visa and ended up staying. Um, I suppose in a way, thankfully I did, uh, because I've been able to make a bit more of an impact. I've won that 21s Marathi, which I probably wouldn't have, been able to come back to um, if I was in the States because uh, that's it's height of the season right now for them. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to go back uh, or go go over, sorry, uh, in August. Where that be, I don't know. I've got a few uh, schools that I'm looking at at the moment, uh, but it's, you know, it's, a, it's still a long process um, getting myself out there as a profile and having more coaches see me because I want to go to the, the best school I can but a school where I'm also going to make an impact and play and get better because that's the idea of me going over there, um, but likewise for the experience. And then, then once that uh, you know, studying experience finishes, 
where next? I mean, would you see yourself coming back to Guernsey or would you stay in the US or go elsewhere? Well, I think that's the beauty of it as well. It, it should hopefully um, offer many opportunities, be that in the US, be that across the world. I'm open to to do whatever I want. You know, I want to play the best football I can, enjoy it. But I'm also quite interested in the coaching side as well. I'm already doing my um, badges, doing my UAFC at the moment. So that's something that I'm looking to do as well as play and have that for after I've played as well because I, I love football so much. I'm, I'm always going to want to be involved. But yeah, it could be could be coming back to Guernsey. It could be going across the world. It could be in America. I don't know. You'll have to, have to see. And short term, just looking ahead to the rest of the season with GFC, obviously we've got a bit of a battle on our hands there. Um, there's a senior Marathi to win back as well at the end of the year uh, over in Jersey. Um, yeah, just... How do you see the the season shaping up? What what sort of uh, level of motivation within the the sort of senior group in Guernsey to to kind of yeah get things going? Yeah, well, with GFC, we haven't had the best start, but we've started picking up some points, some draws, um, albeit that they should have been wins probably. Um, with some you can see in some late equalisers, it feels like Groundhog Day <laughs> almost every week, going one nil up or two nil up or whatever, and then conceding. Um, late on but you know that there, there, there's a good there's good structure there's a good base we've got the players back now like I said we've only got one one or two out injured whereas at times that's been five six players out injured so we've got a good squad now it's about working hard training together to actually build upon what we've now got with those results and hopefully we can turn those into wins sooner rather than later um, but I, I do believe we will We'll pull through and we'll get we'll get some results on the board. I, I don't see us going down at all. I don't think that's really in the in the picture. And yeah, looking to looking to the senior Marathi. Hopefully, we can do what we've done the twenty ones and and win it, turn it around, and that be that be Guernsey football, Guernsey Marathi's back on winning terms. Hopefully, at every at every age group. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, best of luck for the rest of the season. Thanks oh, for coming in and chatting. And, um, yeah, continue to enjoy that that win on Sunday. No, oh, thank you, Tim. Cheers. Seb Vance speaking to me and Jim there. Uh, yeah, good on him for for getting down here to the press um, after yesterday's celebrations. Um, but yeah, he's hardly climbing Everest. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Tony's celebrations well, are like, though. He, he wouldn't get out of bed for several days. <laughs> well done on him for driving three miles. I wouldn't have got two o'clock in the I afternoon. Would. If Kerr had been in part of a winning Marathi side, he would not be seen for the next week. I'd still be in full. <laughs> I'd still be in full kit. Um, yeah, no, good stuff. Falling out of Tinto. <laughs> still waiting to get off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on, moving on. Let's talk GFC, Gareth. Um, you were down at Foots Lane on Saturday afternoon. Um, well, another lead for GFC and another couple of points dropped. Very much so, Tony. Yeah, it was, um, yes, another game they should have won, to be honest. And obviously they were missing the under-21 lads and um, they might have made a difference late on, you know, if you get to bring sort of fresh faces, fresh legs on. But it was still a game which Guernsey FC should have won. Um Having taken the lead through Ross Allen, who was sort of returning and unsurprisingly looked he looked a little rusty with the ball at his feet. There was a couple of times it sort of got stuck under his feet, 
but it was just he just showed all his uh, awareness. He's still as sharp as a tack when it comes to these things, and he could tell that this the ball played back to the centre back was going to be sort of tough to control in one go. And you you actually see it on the footage that um, Ross starts accelerating as he sees the pass being sort of played up in the air. He knows that there's a chance it might be miscontrolled, and he, he nipped in and finished it off with the sort of a plum you'd expect from Ross, and that was on the half hour. GFC thoroughly deserves to be leading at half time. They thoroughly still deserve to be leading after 83 minutes or whatever it was. Um, they they didn't really have a, a lot to do at the back. Um, but then it's almost really a shot out of nothing from from uh, Corinthian casuals. Uh, just sort of uh, their sub cut in from the left and hit a shot from 25 yards. He hit it well, to be fair. It was a low driven shot, which bounced just in front of Josh Addison. Josh will, it would have been a good save if he had made the save, but he probably expected to make the save. It was one of those that um, um, he, he might think he could have done better on. But I mean, you, you don't sort of put it at his feet. But it's one game yet again that Guernsey FC really should have come away with three points and they only came away with one. Yeah, hopefully it's um, a game that they don't lift to regret. At the end of the season, Corinthian Casuals, um, a place above them in the table with a game in hand. So yeah, GFC left in 20th, just uh, Binfield below them and games against or trips to Southall and Chertsey to come in the space of a few days uh, next week or this week. Um, Southall second and Chertsey third. So um, yeah, if they get anything from those, it'll be a bonus. Well, yeah, the, the, that's why the sort of the last two games we've come away with two points from our two home games against sides in and around us, and it really should have been six. And you know, you, you don't want those mounting up too quickly. I mean, there's still many games to go. We've still got sort of 27, I think, league games to go, and Guernsey FC are showing enough about them that they'll they'll get plenty of points, providing they can put these games to bed. Let's turn our attention to, uh, well, a, a trimmed down programme in the pre-league, just one game and uh, um, announcement of a new or change of coach at Blanche PLN. Yeah, well, I know Jim was at uh, Field. I just want to say Field in our pitches looked excellent considering throughout last week we always we all assumed it was going to be at the 3G, the uh, Velrec ordinary game, and it looked an absolute picture. I don't, I don't know how it played. But yeah, it well, obviously I, I travelled on the hallowed turf and uh, and it was in remarkable condition. I mean, uh, you know, Vail were were desperate to play that game at the Corbett Field rather than on the 3G, which I think they feared might be a leveller. And having um, having been caught out by Alderney at Mount Hale, they certainly didn't want the, the same to to happen again. So, but it was more than more than justified to play the game there. It was uh, the conditions were perfect, and it was a lovely afternoon as well. And Rec, to be fair, made sure that there wasn't wasn't going to be any uh, any slip up. I mean, they. Uh, loaded, you know, loads of the big names back. I mean, many of them only kind of played 45 minutes, but the, you know, everybody who, or a lot of the players who were injured uh, were, were back in the mix and um, and through a um, uh, combination of, of, of pace and skill, they saw off Alderney quite comfortably in, in the first 45 minutes. Um, Alderney, to be fair, I mean, threadbare squad. They brought nine players over, including three goalkeepers. Uh, and, and amazingly enough, all three of them played. Though <laughs> Dean Carre played as an outfielder, and I'd say it was probably Alden's man of the match at uh, left back and centre back. But both the other goalkeepers got um, got a run out. Um, Ronan Gillingham uh, playing, uh, coming on as a second half sub. That I believe was not only his debut for the Nomads, but his first game in goal in eleven aside. So uh, you know he did remarkably well. <laughs> only beaten with the last kick of the game. Otherwise, he'd have had a clean sheet in his forty-five minutes. But. For for Rec, I mean, Mark Rummery will be pleased with the uh, pleased with the result, got the job done. But what will really disappoint him? Marlon Jardim scored a ten minute hat trick. He was uh, on great form, and then second half, it looks like he's done a hamstring quite badly. So um, I mean, 
well, I was hearing from the stands on uh, on Sunday that he'd broken his leg. I said, well, in which case, he walked off. You know, he's very brave <laughs> in his walk off the Corvette on Saturday. But yeah, um, yeah. So that that potentially is going to uh, is going to uh, hamper uh, Vale. But obviously, they've got you know a decent sized squad, so it'll be interesting to see how long Marlon's out for and what they do about it. But for me, the moment of the of the game was um, when John Fernandez on the bench, the Indies uh, legend John Fernandez on the bench for all, and he was called into action. Um, uh, are you warmed up? Said uh, one of the coaches, uh, and and um, uh, Alan Adamson, the uh, the head coach, said, "If his body's as warm as his tongue, he's ready to go now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can uh, I can see it. John, one of the loudest people in football um, globally, I think. Um, a quick word on St. Martins, um, because uh, yeah, it was confirmed. Well, in the middle of the um, the game on Sunday, <laughs> interesting timing. Yeah, very much. So. <laughs> um, well, nobody's noticing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a change of uh, change of, uh, in the coaching situation um, up there. Ed Adams um, uh, moving on, um, and Leo Meekin coming back. Obviously, uh, after a little break from football, but someone who um, enjoyed tremendous amount of success and led Saints to a tremendous amount of success just a couple of years ago. So, um, yeah, what do you make of that? Well, I mean, the Saints, uh, as Rob Battis reported a few weeks ago, I think when he covered their game against Bells, didn't look to be uh, a particularly happy camp. Uh, and uh, Brad O'Regan has, uh, has gone down to Vale Rec. Uh, yeah, we've heard constant whispers that other players were on the move as well. So whatever uh, is going on, but frankly, and whatever's been going on at uh, Blanchfield Lane for the past eighteen months since they won the uh, or you know, were all conquering, um, you know, is is a slight cause for concern. Uh, the one thing <clears throat> Leon, you know, obviously ran an incredibly successful team, but also in a very happy camp, uh, and maybe you know his return might just uh, cement things a little bit at um at Blanche Pierre Lane and actually you know I look at I mean okay the the Prio looks like it's pretty divided you know, into two leagues again rather like it was last year but now if if Saints can just turn themselves around a little bit under Leon's guidance and get a bit of that buzz back I could see the top four taking points off each other now constantly and I think we could be set for a really interesting finale to the end of the season because you know, I can't see anybody particularly dominant but I can see some people always ready to give other rivals a, a bloody nose yeah I mean obviously Miki's been there done that got the t-shirt got the trophy cabinet to to prove how how good a coach he is at Prio League level and like Jim said that the moment that, that Prio League is very tight and if he can if he can just build that sort of uh, camaraderie that they had un, under him for several years and get that efficiency back because that's what Saints sort of built their um, success on. They were very difficult to beat to start with, and then they had that that bit of edge up front. Obviously, Domion we don't see as much these days, but you know, Saints have they've got potential there. Um, and yeah, there's there's no there's no outstanding team in the Premier League, but there's sort of four or four teams at the top who are all going to be interchanging between now and April. And, you know, you can't put it past Saints that they will be challengers come the end of the season, despite having seemingly had a bit of a, a tricky start to the season, despite, well, to be fair, they won the Rawlinson Cup. So they've obviously got some um, some talented lads there. And yeah, if, if they can gel quickly, then who knows what they could achieve. Well, they've got a lot of young players at Saints, haven't they? And it'd be interesting just at the moment, it seems that 
they're struggling with availability of players. And I, I think if Leon could do one thing, I suspect he would just, you know, bring that group back together. And as a result, I think you'll end up seeing stronger squads and stronger performances. I'm not saying they're going to win the league, but I reckon they could have a good say in who in who does. Yeah, just four points off Velrec at the moment with a game in hand. Um, four wins and a loss so far this season. So, I mean, yeah, in terms of the table, Leon uh, inherits it in quite a good position. Yeah, he's got a big one to start. They're at North on Friday night, which is going to be a very big game. So, North... Um North certainly still fancy their chance of, of winning the title back as well. So um, that would be an interesting one. And that could be a bit of a cracker on Friday night, providing the uh, weather allows it to go ahead. It just feels like North haven't played for weeks, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I think they are, you know, they have games in hand on everybody, don't they? And uh, I, I can't remember the last time they had a run out, to be honest. They've only played four games. Oh, in the it was probably a cup match against Rangers. <laughs> well, the, the, the one time North have been mentioned in the Guernsey Press newsroom for the last few weeks is because a tree fell over in the storm next to the <laughs> pitch so um, yeah it'd be interesting to see how what sort of shape they're in on the pitch once they once they manage to turn out once again yeah one of four games in the FNB Pro this weekend um, Bells go up to Alderney on Saturday um, it's Rangers against Wreck and Rovers Sylvans I suppose all or most of them weather permitting but we'll um, we'll see been nice and sunny to a certain extent today um, a quick word before we finish on GFC women they uh, went out of that Isthmian League Cup last week last midweek their second game and um, a 2-1 defeat at Bognor Regis um, um, but yeah another well certainly as far as the scoreline is concerned um, uh, as far as the defeat goes that's an encouraging showing against a side who are um, a division above the uh, the team they beat handsomely um, Corinthian Casuals in the opening round um, we'll wait to see um, what comes next on that front um, but I think they're hoping to be involved in another cup competition sooner rather than later mm. so we'll keep an eye on that um, right I think we'll leave it there Thanks very much, guys. Thanks to Rehoi and Son um, again for supporting the show. And thanks to Geordie Kelly for another Marathi trophy. <laughs> yeah, get in. And the chance to use the, uh, the nice pun Kelly's heroes as well. I love that. <laughs>